Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, car shows, spreadsheet sport, sleep facts, water leaks and insults. Now, Lippy, slightly different start to this week's podcast. Yes. Uh, sadly, an ex-colleague and friend of mine passed away suddenly on Friday of last week. And um, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Chris Rebick. I was only 51 and had uh, a sad loss. Uh, but he wouldn't want us to not have a bit of fun. So no. on that basis, we should push forward as normal. So, we had a very hot Sunday. A very Ooh. hot Sunday. Yes. yes. So, we were in the commentary box for the Cranny Lions Classic Car Show on Sunday. Mm. And a great day it was. Uh, didn't seem to be that busy um, p- compared to previous years. But apparently, lots of people came through the gate and stayed for a shorter period of time, you know, two or three hours, and then left again. So... Whilst it didn't look like a lot of people, they were changing frequently, if you see what I mean. Yes. So actually, people through the gate, which which is the bit that matters, was mm -hmm. good. Yes, and when I had a short break, a little wander down, there were a lot of people in the cooling down area. Yes, that was uh, that was genius, wasn't it? Yes, that's that's it around the um, the bar and uh, and the very good band, I thought. Yes, very good band. Yes, it was a bit of a long day. As it always is, and it was made a bit uh, bit more tested by the heat. Um, but I think everybody had a good time. We managed to get almost all of the arena events in. Yes. Unfortunately, you couldn't be cut out of the car because quite wisely, Surrey Fire Service had said to Cranley um, Branch, is that the right term? Yes. Depot. They, depot. Not sure. Station. It'd be a station, station. wouldn't it? Of course it'd be a station. <laughs> station. So, they, they said that they're not uh, allowed to do a demonstration without the safety gear on, mm-hmm. and it was too hot to wear the safety gear. Yes. So uh, so instead, we had a, a very good tour of the fire engine. Yeah. Um, apart from the radio mics didn't work when we went the other side. Yes, so, it didn't like that, did it, when no, you didn't, didn't like that. The van well. got in the way of the connection. <laughs> and we had a couple of others that we, we had to cut short. But so uh, we managed the Gymkhana, which uh, rather embarrassingly wife of grumpy who stepped in at the last minute because one of the cars was overheating won a very large bottle of prosecco not to sound like a sore loser right but they cheated oh there was lots of cheating going on from they cheated the most (laughs) well very possibly uh they did have a slight disadvantage though because uh wife of grumpy was in the mx5 and one of the tasks is to throw fairly light balls into a bucket but the driver's side window doesn't go down well that's where they cheated because they just took the bag and tipped it into the they didn't throw them they tipped them from the bag Uh, and only from one side so she didn't need to have her window go down for that i didn't witness that Mm. yes all, all balls in well i had bought the bottle of prosecco and i don't think i can claim for it back (laughs) <laughs> so that that cost me dearly that one. Yes, yes, yes. and and you and the horse whisperer came second, which was we did very good. My competitive side definitely did come out. I booed at one point, but other than that, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It was good fun, and there were some great photos that we saw later that evening of of you uh, throwing balls out of the sunroof. But that was really <laughs> the only sensible thing to do because the mini is so narrow. 
mm-hmm. that you're never going to get them in either side. So that was no. Go for quite, one side, lean quite out the top. Cunning, I thought. Mm. Yes, and we also, for the first time, due to a, a chance meeting by one of the other commentators with his neighbour's daughter's boyfriend, very tentative connection whose dad has got a collection of race motorbikes. And these are really special, really, really special. And they bought four along. And I think the collection's much, much bigger than that. But obviously they're restricted with how many they can move in at any one time. Um, One of them was a race-winning Ducati that was very special. And I'm I'm not big on motorbike racing, uh, but one of our other lions is. And he was very, very excited by the whole Mm. thing. And they decided, uh, as well, we discussed it before about starting them in, in the arena and making lots of noise so it attracts people down to the arena. And by God, did it make some noise. Like the whole van was shaking, I thought. It was shaking. Unfortunately, Wife of Grumpy was in the box at that point and just turned around and said, why do they have to do that? Yeah. Some, you could tell the people some, that didn't really like cars or motor vehicles yes, or exactly. anything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that generated an awful lot of interest, that, that collection. A lot of people went down after the arena mm-hmm. event and had a good look and a, and a chat. And they're two lovely people as well. And, uh, you know, they've built this collection over the years. And there's some real historic bikes in there. It's it's brilliant that they're, they're still... And they're still used as well. They, they'll still ride them on track days and, and sort of classic bike very events, which is, which is brilliant. Mm, very, very good. Anyway, we've jumped ahead of ourselves slightly there. We did. Um, we got a bit excited. We, we got a bit excited. So there are a couple of bits from last week. Now, we were talking during the week, and I can't remember why this uh, came up. I think you were on the underground. And we decided that is the perfect example of a curate's egg. Yeah. And I had a was, nightmare journey home. Yeah. And it's, you know, the tube is good because it gets mm. you from A to B, but it's a nightmare because there's... It gets packed. You've got to deal with other people's armpits and all sorts of... Yeah, they change your final destination halfway through, so you get off the chain. And then as you see it pull away, they've changed the final destination back to the destination that you're meant to be going to. And then you have to wait 20 minutes for the next one. That is very annoying. It's one of the reasons I don't like the tube. Yeah. And I've been to London with a friend of mine. Uh, We went to a conference years and years ago. And we got to Waterloo and I said, oh, should we go on the tube? He went, nope, don't do the tube. He said, only do taxis. So <laughs> we got in a taxi and I thought, actually, I quite like this, but it's I not cheap. I love using a taxi in London mm. because otherwise I feel like you go underground, then you pop up. Yes. But when you're in a taxi, you kind of see how everything links together and like where places are next to each other, which I kind of, my awareness in London isn't very good because I literally go underground then pop up yeah and i'm like in leicester square and then i pop up again and i'm somewhere else and then again and i don't really know what they're next to or around because i just pop up in places yeah Yeah. so the tube map isn't really representative of the map of london no i think there is one around that shows it better with the scale and the gap between the stations Mm. and when they exist the other thing of course is the bus is very good at sightseeing if you're on the bus but they do tend to get a bit crowded Mm. the latest taxis electric taxis are brilliant because they've got a massive glass roof so you you get um, just a panoramic view they're really good if you can get into a glass into an electric taxi that were worth doing try that next time anyway now obviously car show there's going to be davros and orange marshall two in attendance and um, he sent me a, a message on Monday. I think he was a bit late listening to it. So 
he did point out that measuring sea level by satellite will be an average. You're quite right, Davros, but as I said, I've, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm over it. Over. However, he then did make a very good point about another Earth-like planet in our solar system. Kepler-186f is not in our solar system. Perhaps you mean galaxy. Yes, I do. Thank mm. you very much. And I'm not referring to the uh, chocolate uh, product either. And um, and then he goes on to say, typically, as a character that has uh, conquered many, many alien worlds, anyhow, any good Huvonia knows that the 10th planet is Mondas. I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and I have no desire to know what it means either. But thank you, Devros, for getting in mm. touch. Do you know what film I watched yesterday? No, Slightly linked. Interstellar. Is that the one uh, with Sandra Bullock? Uh, no, 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 no. It's the one with Anne Hathaway and the guy who's from Texas. Well, that What's doesn't narrow it down much. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yes. Yes. Really oh, I think I have seen that. It's quite good, yeah. Where they're looking for another planet to live on. There's some dust cloud or something, aren't there? Very interesting. You were telling me you had a bit of an incident. Oh, I did yesterday evening. Was this while watching Interstellar? It wasn't, no. It was... It was um, getting ready for bed. I um, I normally go to bed first, or I at least get into bed first. And we have an old-fashioned ceiling fan, mm-hmm. which I absolutely hated when we moved in. And we were going to get rid of. You were. Yes. Um, until we realised it's actually incredible. Like, I haven't been that hot overnight. And, I mean, yeah. we all know it's been quite warm. But it has I've been, been absolutely fine. I haven't wow. been sweaty in the night. I've literally been a lovely temperature, a bit warm, a bit warm, but not like sweaty. So it is really good. So anyway, we have that on every night. In order for that to work, though, we had to take the bulb out because you couldn't have the fan on without the light on. Ah, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so the bulb's out, but the fan's on, so that's all that matters, and you can turn off with the remote. So uh, Chris happened to get into bed first, and he turned it on, and I stood at the bottom of the bed getting ready for bed, Lifted my hands above my oh, head no. and my hand went smashing into the fan at high speed. And you can't really see. Not that anyone else can see. It would only be you that could see because this is a podcast. Ooh. But I've got a bruise along here where it whacked straight in. Well, I, I can see a tiny mark. Yeah, I mean, it is tiny. But oh my God, did it hurt. I had pins and needles in my hand for ages. Yeah, it would have been a hell of a whack and a surprise. And I think that's... yeah. So now that's two hands I've injured. Still, the other one was worse, but that was a good go. We had a good go at that hand. You are a little accident prone, it has to be said. Slightly, yes. Yes. Just a bit. Well, don't do it again. Well, or maybe you uh, need a cage, cage around yeah. it. Yeah. And ironically, Duck Boy had literally said to me about 10 seconds before, I'll be careful because the fan's on. Oh, so you just weren't listening. I just, I didn't... I didn't process what that meant. I no, was like, yeah, I know the fan's listening. on. I nope, can feel nope, it. Nope, nope. No, but I, I heard that the fan was on, but I didn't process in my brain that that meant don't put my hands in the air because I'll get hit. Yeah, that means you're not listening. <laughs> now, talking of Duck Boy, I think he was the one that sent this round. The World XL Championships being it broadcast was. on ESPN, yes, which I'm assuming is a sports channel, is it? Yeah, ESPN is an American sports channel. So Excel, I, I don't know whether it's a battle or whatever you would call it. 
I believe, I believe from the brief understanding that I have is that you have different tasks that you have to complete. Right. And you go through like levels. A, sounds like a job interview rather than a <laughs> sport. <laughs> well, um, I didn't get to see any because obviously I, I was tied up with car share. But um, I, and I'm not sure I want to, to be honest. Part of me really wants to. Um, and the other part of me really doesn't. No, I, I see too many spreadsheets at work. I'm not sure that... I'm semi-intrigued. I don't really want to see, like, the whole, this is how you do it. But I'd quite like to see, like, the final thing and be like, look what I did with the spreadsheet. And it, like, comes up with all the cool stuff. Yeah. Well, you could, yeah, I suppose possibly you could learn some stuff. The only thing I can equate it to is many years ago, and this is a very long time ago, there was uh, broadcasts, uh, I think it might have been on the BBC, chess championships. And it was mm-hmm. just at the time where you had sort of aids that you could use on the on the screen. So they had like a tablet and a pen, not a iPad tablet, but a, a thing that would draw on the screen. So they could then highlight different pieces on the chessboard and show the moves and what have you. And there was three chess experts in the commentating room Mm. and they were fighting over who had control of the pen and pad it was that was more entertaining than anything else and it was a definite nerd off and it was a bit like Mm. something for the big bang theory because none of them had any upper body strength whatsoever so they're not (laughs) able to fight one another off i mean it's a stereotypical nerd thing Mm. and i would imagine this could have been a bit like it Interestingly, it says in this article that ESPN has also shown the Ultimate Frisbee Championship. That actually sounds quite fun. I've heard that is actually crazy, though. Well, they can go really wild, can't they? Go mm. astray. It'd be interesting to see the control. And on you that. have like ones in the woods. Like, how do you throw a whisby? A whisby? A whisby. A whisby <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> well, with care, I would imagine. Mm. And Very also, precisely. A paper airplane championship and piece de resistance, the world air guitar championship. Oh, like, like literally air guitar. Was it, what's that? Guitar hero, like guitar hero. No, well, or yeah, literally air guitar. No, air guitar. Not love that. No, so no, no equipment, just pretending to play, mm. which you would normally do in the confines of your bedroom, is now available on ESPN. Love it. So, I, Great that they put in some very obscure things on there. Yes. Rather than just normal mainstream stuff. Now, we all like a little bit of sleep, don't we? Oh, I love my sleep. Or quite a lot of it. I've not had much this mm. week, but I did have a, a mammoth one last Sunday. I don't think I woke up till 12 o'clock, which was um, really quite pleasant. I'm a, I'm a 10-hour-a-nighter. Yeah, I'd normally... Well... Normally go for eight, but uh, last couple of mornings it's been a bit harder to get up at six. But um, mm. maybe tomorrow. So apparently, things you can't do when sleeping: sneeze, which is odd. So I can imagine if you sneeze, you must have woken up because you know you've oh. sneezed. I don't think I've ever sneezed in the middle of the night. Oh, I think I have, but I've woken up to do it, so I've not been asleep. And then woken the rest of the house up. (laughs) Oh, almost certainly. There have been all sorts of other bodily sounds as well at the same time. But this one's an interesting one. I've I've wondered this before. People who were born blind dream in touch, smells and sounds. So I don't know how that would work in the head, but I suppose you get the sensation of those, which is... Ooh, no difference for us dreaming in with um, pictures and sound. 
and smell and sound. Mm. That is very interesting, actually. Yeah, it is. Because I guess you can't even make a picture because you don't know what anything looks like. No, you have no, there's no reference in your head. Now, how long do you think the record for the longest period without sleep is? It's, I can't imagine it's long because I feel like you really, like your body just, just, you pass out. Well, yeah, I mean, sleep. sleep deprivation will kill you before um, other things. So I feel like, let's go with... Sorry, when we... I say other things, obviously, if you've been chased by a very hungry lion, <laughs> that's going to do you more damage. So, sorry, so what did you say? I'm going with a week. It's actually 11 days, so you went far off. Mm, yeah. I struggled to, to manage not sleeping for 11 hours. <laughs> yeah, imagine being awake for yeah. 11 days. Yeah. I um, couldn't... And, I mean, this was a record attempt. This was in 1964. Uh, Randy Gardner, who was 17, uh, lack of sleep caused uh, moodiness, which we all know. He was uh, 17 caused, as well, though, so... Yeah, it makes a difference. Well, yeah, but teenagers love their sleep. Mm-hmm. So, actually, maybe that's a bigger thing. Uh, problems with concentration, short-term memory, and hallucinations, which I've had after about 10 minutes of being awake. <laughs> <laughs> And after that, he only slept for 14 hours, which doesn't seem like anywhere near enough. And is that what they say you would need to recover from that amount of lack of sleep? I think everybody's different. Mm. Everybody's sleep needs a different... So I think it would... You probably wouldn't sleep for longer than 14 hours in one go, but you would need to go back to sleep quite quickly, I feel like. Uh, Yeah, but I have read things where they say you can't actually catch up on missed sleep. It's not possible. That sounds like a load of rubbish to me. Like, surely your body isn't always tired. Because you missed two hours a couple nights ago. I don't know the answer to that one. And I'm putting it in the same box as sea level. <laughs> over really it. Interesting to you. Just not over it. Yes, over it. Now, elephants. How long do you think they sleep a night? Elephants. I feel like I knew this. I feel like this is something I got told when I went to Tanzania. If no, okay. if anyone knew that, I went to Tanzania. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like they sleep for like four hours. You're not far off. It's only two. Nah. I didn't think it was long. I, I'm surprised it's that short, but maybe they've... Actually, they haven't got small brains. They're very clever, aren't they? Apparently. Yeah, they've got a good memory. Yeah, not very good with a Rubik's Cube. But um, <laughs> And the last one of this is apparently Google was invented in a dream, so he dreamt up the search engine. That's not actually that surprising, because mm. I have really weird dreams sometimes. The surprising thing is that he remembered it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because you forget... A massive amount of dreams. Mm. It's uh, Oh, here we are. Uh, you forget 50% of your dreams within five minutes of waking up and 90% with, uh, within another five minutes. So I guess the question was, or is, if you had enough foresight to invent Google in your sleep, what ha- what the other 90%, what on earth did you come up with? Yeah. Mm. All the inventions there, isn't it? There are many, many inventions. Anyway, this is all An making me a bit tired. Infinite. Uh, well, no, because we've only got a finite time. So, There's still an infinite amount of inventions. I suppose so. Speak, keep being invented. <laughs> yes, well, it's an infinite number. <laughs> anyway, we haven't covered cars for a while, I don't think, apart from the car show at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Now, I thought I'd talked about Ralph Nader on this, but I think I only read about it while I was on holiday. Now, Ralph Nader came out with a book called Unsafe at Any Speed. 
mm. in the 1960s. And it was about the uh, Corvair. And he, although he wasn't a, an engineer of any description, he'd come up with the idea, and I think he'd seen some photos of the car turning over and testing, that he thought it was unsafe. And by the time this book was released, not only had the suspension on this car been changed and and improved, it was never proved that it was unsafe at all, or any less safe than any of the other cars on the market at the moment. So that book managed to kill that car. And it's interesting because some people have kept them and restored them. And there's, mm. a, there's a quite a big club in around the, uh, the Corvair. And this guy who was uh, talking about them quite passionately took it to a, a sort of classic car parade. And there was an E-type Jag in front of him. And this guy decided to put his foot down, ran out of talent. E-type Jag goes off the road, or off the track, yeah. into the tyre wall. So the chap in the Corvair just drives past him, gets onto the start finish state straight where there's a commentator, and he's and the guy's words first words were, Oh, here's a Corvair, unsafe at any speed, having just driven past the wreck of an E-type Jaguar. So uh, he managed to kill that, and arguably he was not qualified to do that. And it's one of these campaigns that um, really should never have happened. Mm. And he's still around. And he's still, uh, and arguably he went on to do lots of safety things with cars. So, you know, maybe he has been of value in the industry. But he's now saying that the self-driving technology in Teslas is one of the most dangerous and irresponsible actions by a car company in decades. It might be a little bit extreme. I think it is. And I think some of the stuff that Tesla put on there have been a bit too much. And mm-hmm. hasn't, hasn't worked brilliantly. I mean, the case of the car crashing into the plane, for example. Yeah. I mean, that is a, it's an edge condition. It's not something that's going to happen every day, but it is something that's going to happen. And, and there's obviously a flaw in the, the way that it's detecting objects around it. And this rolling stop thing before way stops as well does seem a bit old, but actually that's what most of us would do. We wouldn't stop. If we could see it was clear in every direction, we would go. So it's mimicking that. As long as it can see well enough, it's it's not a problem. So it'll be interesting to see what this announcement has on on the effects of Tesla and whether any any of the federal organisations over oversee it, sort of equivalent of our DVLA, I suppose, or Department of Transport, what what they think of it. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm slightly sceptical about his announcement, but... Um, and then at the same time, we've we've covered a lot of odd Tesla activities on this podcast. Yes. So tricky one. Yeah. It's just it's gonna take a while to get right, isn't it? I don't think a sweeping statement of it being dangerous and irresponsible forever. No. And I think different I mean in this country you can't go and sit in the passenger seat while the car's going. And it'd be interesting to know whether these add-ons have have reduced uh, accidents or just made people drive worse which is a possibility yeah who knows but we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see uh, see what see the what thing i've there. always thought is the biggest issue with self-driving cars is people driving cars alongside a self-driving car because how can the self-driving car know what a human is going to do in a car that's that's a very good point and having cars that are communicating with one another so you can pre-warn others what you're going to do before you do it makes that a lot safer. But you're right, if you've got somebody in a classic car 
or just a car that doesn't have this on there, you've got to rely on a detection process. Mm. And I think we talked a while back about Tesla not picking the the most common one using a, a different system to do that. So yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that matures over really over the next ten years. I guess it's not going to be any sooner than that. No. But the, there is a book that is unsafe at any speed, and I have tried to buy it a few times. But it's so flippant expensive. It's ridiculous. <laughs> For a book that I'm just going to tut all the way through, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit Not too worth much. the money. But what did turn up this week? We spoke about the, um, uh, the New York to Paris auto race in 1908 last week. We did. And I managed to find a book for only a few pounds, and um, it's the next library book. And it's turned up today, and it's uh, it's a big old beast, actually. Mm. It's, uh, Might take you a while to get through that. It's uh, oh, nearly four hundred pages. Oh wow! But it's quite big type, so I can read it, which is good. So, <laughs> yes, I shall be uh, I shall be reading that whilst I'm at Wayfest. Lovely, mm. indeed. Right now, I've got to have a rant. Yes, unfortunately, been waiting for this. Yeah, it's it's you knew it was coming. So you may have seen in the it has been in the press and on the television that uh, we were without water for most of the weekend due yes. to, in my view, Thames Waters uh, approach on new developments in the area. So instead of increasing or replacing pipes, they turned the pressure up. And, of course, what happens, they start bursting all over the place. So there was a fault at, I think it was at Gomshol, with the, uh, where they suck the water out of a, a borehole there. And then it covered, that's covered a wide area, so that goes in different directions. So it only wasn't, wasn't just Cranley in the area, it was uh, sort of to Red Hill as well. And, I mean, their communication is just dreadful. It is, you know, we're, we're working on it, and, you know, there's four bottles of water at the leisure sensor for people to pick up and it has improved since then mm. but if you're going to have this approach of we're not going to replace anything we're going to fix it when it fails you've got to have a plan for when it fails because it will fail a quick one so, as well absolutely and what they've been doing is uh, getting big tankers of water and filling the reservoir at the highest point in cranley so they can then pump it through and that worked for a while on saturday i managed to get a shower in at half past six on sunday morning before going to the car show and then it was off again until the following morning but as soon as they started filling up those that reservoir all the water starts coming out the road where the leaks that they haven't repaired for considerable amounts of time are still there but of course what happens every time the water goes off and then it goes back on again it bursts somewhere else so there's too much pressure yeah two big bursts in cranley and a massive one at dunsfold so dunsfold is what has been without water i don't know if it's back on now and uh one of the bursts that was sunday evening that is in, he's using asbestos pipes, which we've been pleading to change for, for many, many years. And it needs a specialist team to fix it because you can't, you can't just pick the asbestos up because it's, it's you know, really dangerous stuff. Mm. Uh, quite how it's okay to pass water to a house through an asbestos pipe, I don't know. I don't get it. And a lot of the problem is dry weather, the ground's moving, and pipes are cracking. But, I think I drove to Leatherhead on Thursday and I must have driven past four or five leaks in, what's that, 20-odd miles? Mm, That's not good. It's good. And apparently they're losing, let me get the figure right, it is 635 million litres of water per day Thames Water loses. From leaks? 
from leaks. That so, is actually outrageous. So there's an upcoming hosepipe ban, but actually if you stop the leaks... We wouldn't need a hosepipe ban. We wouldn't need a hosepipe ban. And I understand, I don't know if this is true or not, but the previous or a previous CEO of, of Thames Water decided to change the... So if you've got a property that's cut into flats, separate into flats, instead of that being one property, if there's four flats on there, that's four properties. So instantly, it, and particularly in London, that's very, very common. Mm. So it then reduced the number of leaks per household down to an acceptable level. Because they divided it by four. Because all of a sudden, you've got more properties on there. It's, that is it's, outrageous. It is outrageous. And there's a lot of very, very angry people. And, you know, it, for us to be without water, uh, you know, it's an inconvenience. Um, we've got cold and hot water tanks. So when it filled up on Saturday night, you know, we had we had something to, uh, to play with. Um, but, you know, other people, if you had young children, for example, and there was people on the community board who got young kids and using washable nappies in the middle of a heat wave. That's not brilliant. No. And then there's farmers, got no water. And because they're commercial, Thames Water just does not care about them at all. They say it's commercial, mm. you need to sort yourself out. Um, it's, it's not acceptable at all. No. And, and our local Surrey councillor, Liz Townsend, has been absolutely on the ball. She has been pounding them for uh, the best part of two or three years over this. And th- their approach to extra developments in Cranley and over this whole thing. And uh, regrettably, our MP suddenly piped up on Sunday evening with, um, oh, um, if you're still not without water, can you let me know? I'm going to talk to Thames Water tomorrow. Somebody very politely said, I think you're a bit late to the party. Yeah. (laughs) Just a tad. Just a tad. But interestingly, we had the TV crews down again Monday morning, and there were more Thames Water vans in that car park than I've ever seen before. Because it's on national news now. But yeah, all of a sudden, we've got to save a bit of face. So Mm -hmm. um, there is only one solution in my mind to this, and this is to bring it back into public ownership. There is no benefit whatsoever apart from uh, selling the family silver, as they say, in the 80s. It was a crazy, crazy thing. And the same is true of the electricity companies and uh, that going up and up and up. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to stop ranting now. (laughs) But somewhat connected with that, I do have some insults, that uh, historic insults, and there's quite a list here, but I'm only going to do a few of them. And um, the first one was from a gentleman called Moses Hades, who was an American teacher. And he said, thank you for sending me a copy of your book. I'll waste no time reading it. <laughs> Love that. And then we have correspondence between George Bernard Shaw and Winston Churchill. So George Bernard Shaw says, I've been closing two tickets to the first night of my new play, Bring a Friend If You Have One. To which Winston (laughs) Churchill responded with, Cannot possibly attend first night, will attend second if there is one. (laughs) Both very good. Uh, Groucho Marx, I've had a perfectly wonderful evening, but I'm afraid this wasn't it. Mm. very good and the last one from abraham lincoln and I, I like this one a lot because i see it so often he can compress the most words into the smallest idea of any man i know <laughs> <laughs> all talk and not much i don't content. know who that reminds me of no no not you well it might be a bit sometimes sometimes anyway do you have a top tip for us 
Um, kind of. It's kind Ooh. of a top tip. Okay. It's kind of not. It's kind of a work tip. Oh, well, that's good. But a fun work tip. So we, are, I'm part of quite a small company, technically a startup, but they're, they've been going for a while now, so I don't know if they still class as a startup, but quite small anyway. And um, trying to increase culture, you know, and have more team outings and things. And it is quite hard to get it signed off by the the finance team to go and do stuff. Oh, so, yes. uh, especially with my manager's manager as the CFO. So my team outing is with the CFO and the finance team, which is great fun. We always have a good time. When I say we always, we've been out once. And the last time I went out, it was the first time my manager had been out with the team in three years, COVID included, but still. So I've come up with a plan that has seemed to have worked very well. I'll okay. keep you I'll keep you looped in because it hasn't quite happened yet. However, looped in? Looped, looped in? in. <laughs> is that not a well, it is a bit corporate, that's all. Oh, it's because I'm talking about work. Um, so this, the CFO is currently on holiday for two weeks, having a lovely time somewhere. So what I've done is I've booked a team social and just sent him the bill. Oh, very good. So, What happens if he doesn't pay it? Well, it's a deposit, which I paid on my company card. Oh, okay. So if we don't go, we lose the money. And if we do go, then we get a team outing. So we'll see how it goes. I can't see him wanting to just lose the money on the deposit now. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Exactly. No. So my top tip is just just do it. That's my tip. Yeah, I'd be a bit careful with that one, but... Uh, yeah, see how far you get. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hadn't actually prepared a saying, so <laughs> I was frantically looking through the book, and then you said... Uh, in the loop or what, what it looped, looped up or looped in. So I thought, oh, I'll look that one up. And it comes from military terminology with officers in command needing to pass on orders to the soldiers, mm. keeping lines of communication open and regularly updated in a feedback loop so all personnel are informed. So it's not yeah. corporate, it's military. Military, oh. I use that quite a lot. I'll loop you in. Mm. Well, the other one I use is I'll ping it over. I don't like that term. Well, because I do on I do a lot of stuff on Microsoft Teams, so you, it's literally a ping. It's not well. It's not really because a ping. You think of submarines; mm. they'll have a ping, and it sends out a ping, which then gets bounced back again. So it's used to detect how far things are away from the submarine. Ah. Oh. And a ping in computer network terms is exactly the same thing. So it will, you'll ping an address, and it will come back with how long it took to get there and come back. So when you oh. ping an email, you're actually you're only getting one direction. You're not getting it back again. So that is a term that does slightly frustrate me a bit. I see. Okay, I'll stop it's using a, it's it. It's not as bad as over and out, no, which I which, did hear on Sunday. I heard. I heard you hear it on Sunday as well. Not only did I hear it, I heard you hear it. Yeah. Well, I think everybody heard it because I think I might have had the microphone on at the time. <laughs> Every time. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. 
Goodbye. Goodbye.